All right. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you here. Those of you that I can't see, the lights are blinding this morning. All right. A few announcements before we, uh, before we uh, pray. Uh, get comfortable because when I say a, a few, there's a lot of announcements. Um, the uh, Children's Church is available for during worship. This is for ages 3 through kindergarten. And um, Megan is going to make sure that I announce y'all you can leave later on. I forgot last week. Uh, this coming Tuesday, the 26th, the Children's Ministry is going to be going to the Ripley Water Park. You can meet there at 515 for pizza. We need to know numbers, so text Megan or you can text me, uh, and we'll, we need to know how much pizza to order. Youth, you are, you are invited to go as well, but we need, again, we need to know numbers. So please text me and let me know if you're going to come swimming. The, uh, we have the bus available, but as of right now, there's not been anybody that said they want to ride the bus. So if you, if you want to ride the bus, we have to leave here at about 415 in order to get over there to, to, to be there in time for the pizza. So again, see me or see Megan to let us know the numbers of anybody that wants to go on that. Um, Wednesday night, Children's Choir will resume in September. Uh, our Alaska team, we're going to be sharing on... August the 7th during the morning service and I've got a note here if, if you have any photos or videos that, that uh, you want to add into the video that we're going to present that morning then uh, get those to John Cole so he can start working on that um, again that's August 7th during the, the morning worship service hospitality committee you will have a meeting next Sunday afternoon at 445 uh, that's July 31st uh, again at 445 if you're unable to attend or have any questions for the hospitality committee, please see John Cole on that. Uh, adult choir rehearsal. We, we say this every time, and then COVID rears its ugly head. We're going to try uh, to have another choir practice on August 7th. Uh, so we'll be praying about that. July 30th, there's going to be a softball tournament that is benefiting Daniel Lewis. Uh, for those of you who know, he had a, a bad accident, and so we're, we're helping to raise money with that. And uh, Carly Branson has organized this softball tournament, and we've got a team in that. Uh, if you'd like to, to come and support our team, they're going to be taking donations at the gate. Uh, there's also going to be a bake sale, and if you want to donate something, you can take it up there on the morning of the 30th, have it there by 9 o'clock. If you can't get it there, then contact Miss Karen Utley. She said that if you can get it to her on the 29th, that she will take it up there. Uh, and if you need to, to see Miss Karen, raise your hand. There's Miss Karen. If y'all need to see her, uh, just uh, she'll give you the details on that. Uh, Sunday evening services, we will resume those on August the 7th. I think that is all of my announcements. Am I missing anything? Okay. Uh, this is uh, Connor Holder's address. If you want to send him a, a letter of encouragement or a card, uh, take a screenshot of that because it won't be up there for very long. So I'll give y'all just a minute to do that. And Kyle's got a couple of copies in the back there by the sound booth. The senior adult group is going August 4th. Is that right? And you're going to leave here at what time again? Leave here at 12. And then you'll y'all go to the, the senior adult uh, event there at Union and then go eat supper that night. So just uh, remember that time that you're supposed to leave. Any other announcements? All right. Well, as our ushers come forward to take up our offering, we want to continue to remember Brother Chris uh, he's, he's had a, a rough night, had some, some severe headaches, and so we want to lift him up this morning. Also want to continue to, to pray for Daniel Lewis uh, and uh, pray for Lauren as she is not feeling well this morning as well. And uh, so, many, so many hurt him, but uh, God is there. God knows the story. God knows uh, what needs to be done, and he's in control. So let's pray together. Father God, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for all the blessings that you have given us. Uh, Lord, you continually... Uh, just amaze us by your generosity, your compassion, your, uh, your loving kindness that you show towards us. And Lord, we just uh, we lift up our pastor to you. Pray that, that you would continue to help him to recover. And uh, pray for his headaches, that you would help those to subside. I pray you'd help him to rest. Uh, Lord, help Pam and, and Will as they are there ministering to him as well. Uh, I know he's excited to see Kaylee this weekend and, and May and Bowen. and uh, So we uh, just thank you for that. Uh, pray that, again, you would just help him to continue healing, help him to be patient as his body does. Lord, we pray for Daniel and uh, lift him up in the same way, that you just help him to continue to have a, a great attitude as he goes forward. Uh, Lord, I pray for this softball tournament that's going to be done in his honor. 
that you would just uh, raise a lot of money to help him with that and the, the expenses that he's incurring uh, from his accident. Lord, we just uh, lift up Lauren as well. I pray you'd help her to feel better. Uh, Father, we pray for the offering now that you'd use it for your glory, for your service, and your honor alone. We love you today, and we ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know the saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him How I proved him o'er and o'er Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust him more Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus Just to trust his cleansing blood Just in simple faith to plunge me Neath the healing cleansing flood Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him How I proved him more and more Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust visiting with us today we want to say a word of welcome in just a minute our instrumentalists are going to play and, and you're going to stand and greet each other i remember that uh, they do have a rising covid so if you want to do a knuckle bump or elbow bump then or uh, you know head head butt that'd be fine too it's good to have larry here with us again today i appreciate him uh, always being willing to step in when we need him and uh, so let's stand together and uh, as the instrumentals play let's greet one another My faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. 
I trust the ever-living one, his wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Enough for me that Jesus saves, this ends my fear and doubt. A sinful soul, I come to him, he'll never cast me out. I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. You know, the, the Bible tells us that we're going to go through trials. We're going to go through things that we, we struggle with. But as that song we just sang tells us that uh, our faith is not in man, it's not in ourselves. It's in a, a solid rock that we know is Jesus Christ. And he's going to lead us through everything, whether it's a, uh, something we're going through with our health or something we're going through with a relationship or an addiction. God promises that if we rely on Christ, we're going to see a victory in that. Falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. No, my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you. 
Amen. The Bible tells us that if we rely on him, he is our strong and mighty tower. He is going to be there to, to carry us on. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty
This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. And I, I'm desperate for you. And I, This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily This is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me, and I, I'm desperate for you, and I, This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Father God, you are the air that we breathe. Uh, when we feel like we can't go on, you are there. When we feel like we don't know what to do, you're there. And we thank you that we can always call on you, whether great or small, for everything that's going on in our lives or going on in our friends' lives. Lord, we just... Uh, we uh, continue, just lift up our pastor to you, we lift up Daniel to you, others that are hurting in our church. And Lord, we just pray that as Brother Larry comes and brings a message this morning, help us to listen, help us to apply it in our lives, help us to not forget it when we leave this place today. We love you today, and we ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning. I, I know we... Uh, We, we uh, according to schedule, started a few minutes later, and I, and I have to leave as soon as service is over and head to Bradford for, to meet with a church, but I want to do something even with that, and if we don't get right out at 11 o'clock, you're going to be all right. I've got some, some Valium licks out in the hallway. You'll be fine. I'm going to ask all the deacons, if they would, to stand, please. All, all the deacons, and, and I'm going to ask Brian to stand also. Guys, I want you to stand where I can see you eye to eye, and I want to thank you for your ministry, for your service, all the time at First Baptist, but especially during these last few weeks, and the way you've stepped up, and, and uh, I, I want to say this to you because I, I hope there are some folks who are listening who will understand that's what this is about. Church is about. And, when, and when, the, when the pastor is out, when the staff is out, the leadership of the church step up and take responsibility and teach and pray and lead and visit. And, and I want to thank you for that. And I know, Chris, if he's possibly, he's listening, so I want him to hear that. And I guarantee you, uh, to the best of his ability, he's agreeing with me and charging you. So I want to thank you, men, and, and appreciate you. And I want to just pray over you real quickly before I preach. God, I thank you for these men. I thank you for their lives.
for their ministries. God, for their faithfulness to you and to their families and, and to this church. And God, I pray that you continue to uh, just pour your blessings out upon them, protect them, minister to them, and uh, God, help them to, uh, to understand that really the, the Christian life is about all of us serving and being a part of your ministry and continuing the work of the gospel. And uh, God, I thank you for them. I, I, I thank you for this church. I thank you for its love, its compassion, for its kin- tender care for its pastor and his family and for others, not just the pastor, but others who are sick and their faithfulness to minister to people's needs. And Lord, continue to lead, guide, and direct. And uh, Lord, we give you honor and praise for everything that takes place. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I want you to think with me this morning about looking for hope. Hey, John, thank you for the light. I I told him last week I was almost over over in Michael's lap because I couldn't see unless I stepped over here. I thought I was under interrogation or something, so, you know. So thank you, John. But uh, looking for hope. And if you, t- if you would take your Bibles and turn to uh, Psalms 13. Another, another message out of the book of Psalms. I, I really am an Old Testament fan. Now don't get me wrong, I love the New Testament and we have to have it. But I do love the Old Testament. So I, I preach out of the Old Testament quite a bit. And, and Psalms uh, is, a, is a great book. But in Psalms 13... We're going to see where David, and we're not really sure, uh, no one's ever really proven, uh, and, and even some of the ideas that we do have some about the other scriptures, nobody knows for sure that that's the truth, but that's what we say. But we're not really sure what David was going through uh, when he wrote Psalms 13. It could have been when he was still uh, having some of his issues with Saul. It could have been whatever. But, what, but whatever was taking place, we do know that uh, in these six verses, he cries out more than once, how long? Anybody ever cried out to God and said, how long before? I sure have. How long, O oh Lord? How long is this going to take place? I saw a church sign that says, be joyful in hope, faithful in prayer. So I want you to think with me this morning about looking for hope. Someone put together uh, a, a ten things of, of uh, when our hope is misplaced. Now, I, I want to just read that list. Uh, number one, hope is misplaced when I trade godly wisdom for the counsel of this world. Hope is misplaced when I follow the crowd rather than the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Hope is misplaced when I ignore warning signs of self centered agendas hope is misplaced when i give in to prevailing winds i go along to get along hope is misplaced when i'm driven along rather than led by the spirit hope is misplaced when i am scarcely able to maintain control of myself of my life surroundings hope is misplaced when fear drives my decision making hope is misplaced when i jettison when i Speed ahead when I discard, get rid of valuable cargo. For example, important priorities, personal values, relationships. Hope is misplaced when I throw out life essentials like family and friends, health and life balance. Hope is misplaced when I lose my bearings, uncertain of how to navigate life. Are you looking for hope? Do you need hope in your life? George Barna put another list together of the ten uh, life, the the most life-offering events. Beginning with number one, illness, death of a loved one, financial hardship, abuse, job loss, divorce, loss of home, injury, natural disaster, victim of a crime. The ten most life-offering events. 
And there are times in our lives, and there may be times in your life right now when you feel like you're living in a life of chaos and a life of confusion. And there's a lot of that going on in the world. There's a lot of that taking place in the lives of families. There's a lot of that taking place within our churches, within, for us, within the Southern Baptist Convention and things that are happening. But I want to assure you this morning, with all of the conflict, with all of the chaos, with all of the things that may be taking place, we still can have hope. There's hope that we can have. I, I just don't want us to look for it in the wrong places. Eighteen times through the book of Psalms, we're told, How long, O Lord? And the writer asks. David Jeremiah said of Psalms 13, Psalms is an answer to a long night of heartache. When tomorrow seems so far away. Six verses. I want us to take them a few at a time. First of all, I want you to think about the fact that in this, these six verses, Paul or David <coughs> started groping for answers. He was uncertain. He was just blindly looking for whatever he could find. He, he was looking here and looking there, but he was groping for answers. He says, how long, O Lord, wilt thou forget me forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? He had some, what we might say, some chronic prolonged conditions and some things that were taking place. We're not really sure, as I said earlier, what, what was going on and what was taking place. Whether it was illness, whether it was worry, whether it was Saul, whether, whatever it was. But he's saying to the Lord, how long, how long, Lord, wilt thou forget me forever? He was groping. He was uncertain, as I've said. He was, he was out there. It was, a, it was a bitter cry, but it was also a biblical cry. Because we're told over and over, time and time again, cry out to me. We're told that he's our refuge, that he's our stronghold, that he's a place that we can go. So it's a, it is a, it's a bitter cry, but it is a biblical cry. That, that we can cry out to God and say, God, how long is this going to take place? What's going to happen next? And the reality is, even during that groping, and we're going to look as we move forward, but folks, even when we're asking and saying, how long, Lord, the Lord is saying, well, you're on my table, just remember that. He's never late. He may never be early, in our opinion, but he's always on time. And he says, how long? David is crying out, how long will my enemy how, how long will my enemy uh, uh, be exalted over me? And during that time of, of groping, just like us in many times, we all kinds of things enter in. There was a, maybe a little bit of pride there. David was thinking, well, how, how long, God, are you going to let this happen? And, and my enemy's getting the benefit of this. They're being honored. They're being glorified. Kind of goes back to, to, to us uh, thinking, and, uh, you know, who are we anyway? But David was groping. Commentators say it is not under the sharpest but the longest trials that we are most in danger of fainting. One of my favorite verses, and I'll probably say it again later on, but Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8, and it's when the, 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 the military, the guys are told, if any of you are here frightened, go home before you scare anybody else. David was in that, kind of in that mode. He was, he was ready to faint. He was trying to figure out what was taking place. How is this going to happen? What is going on, God? How long must I suffer this way? Story of a man by the name of Charles Fuller. It's, a, it's an older story, but the reason I share this older story is because Charles Fuller was one of many, as there were others, who played a, a, a very important role in the life of Billy Graham, who has played the role in the lives of thousands of people throughout the years. And not only that, but 
Charles Fuller helped founded the Fuller Seminary and eventually the Billy Graham School of Evangelism. So even from the 30s, he was, he was and still is an important man. He was a radio evangelist and had a ministry with his wife uh, in Los Angeles, California. And, and during a period of time, they suffered a lot of disasters. They, they lost all their money in the Great Depression. Their home had to be auctioned. Uh, creditors came to harass them and even tempted to uh, arrest him for money. Their only child, their son Daniel, nearly died twice from severe lung illness. Uh, Miss Fuller uh, suffered several severe, serious surgeries uh, to save her life. Uh, Fuller was forced, because of his financial uh, state of mind, was forced to resign from his church. Wasn't that real Christian? Uh, his friends turned against him. And then there was an earthquake in Los Angeles that destroyed everything that he had and everything that he owned. And Fuller said more than once, he cried out, God, how long? How long is this going to take place? What's going to happen next? What, what shoe's going to fall next? And then here's what Fuller said. We have come to know God in a new way because of the past three years. We have known sickness, financial loss. We have friends who turned against us, who thought we were, who thought we thought were true friends. We have our only child brought to death's door. My wife suffered many serious surgeries. I would go to the microphone to speak after sleepless nights and burdened and cast down and didn't know if I could even preach and didn't know if anything would come out when I opened my mouth. He said, excuse the personal references I mention them only briefly as a testimony because I want to tell you that after going through all this and much more, Miss Fuller and I know that God is able, that his promises are true. We never could have known how precious it is to rest on God's word, having committed all to him and waiting to see him work if, he, if we had not been so sorely tested. How long? Fuller said, I couldn't have handled any of this. I couldn't have been so blessed that I not realized that he had to test me. That David, as you know, was a man of God. The scripture says he was a man after God's own heart. But even he had to be tested. He groped and he asked, how long? Secondly, though, he moves into another state of mind. Look at verse 3. Consider and answer me. Lighten my ways, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Verse 4. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. He begins to cope. He begins to just say, well, I'm just going to deal with these things. I'm, I, I am going to try to overcome them. But, but the biggest thing that he did, the greatest thing that he did, folks, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David began to do something that we take for granted. He began to pray. David began to pray and said, Consider and answer me, O Lord. Hear me. Listen to me. I, I shared with, uh, in a text, I know Chris had said to you, and, I, and I, more than once, you know, I wish I, was, I wish I were there to do more. I, I wish I were there to care for you. I wish I were there to minister to you. But, but I'm just praying. And, and I sent a word back to him that if all he could do for me was pray, please keep it up. If you all you can ever do for yourself and do for me is pray, praise God. Keep praying. Now, I have to admit sometimes... <laughs> Uh, my attitude may be so bad that I have to go outside uh, so my prayers will get past the roof. But I'm at least going to be praying. David found himself here coping with all the things that were going on, whatever they might have been. But he found himself saying, God, listen to me. I, I, I need you. I'm, I'm seeking you. Lighten my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. Let my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. 
at least David was at a point that he realized, and many of us need to realize, I have to realize it over and over again. I just can't always handle this. There's just not always an answer that I can come up with that's better than even the worst thing that God would throw my way, in my opinion. David said, I'm going to turn to prayer. I'm going to beg, beg God to hear me. I, I want him to know my sorrow. I want him to know my needs. And God tells us that he's always there. His ear is never dull. He's always hearing us. British hymn writer George Crowley wrote a uh, hymn entitled Spirit of God, Descend Upon Thy Heart. And some of the words were, Teach me to feel that thou art always nigh. Teach me the struggles of the soul to bear, to check the rising doubt, the rebel sigh. Teach me the patience of unanswered prayer. Not sure what's going on, but I always know that God's there. Not always clear how it's going to work out. And, and many times it doesn't work out exactly the way I wanted it to or I thought it would. But that's why I go back to say that when, when God does something and we think it's the very worst that could happen to us, if he did it, it's the very best that could happen, even better than anything we could think of. And, and so David began to cope with these things and he began to look at them and he began to, to seek God and he said over and over, consider and hear me. Someone said, prayer, even when the answer is delayed, is still the most wonderful and precious thing available to us. Even when it's delayed, it's eventually answered. As we wait for unanswered prayers and questions, unsolved problems, we, we can still know God's there. And it leads us to the final thing, looking for hope. It leads us to a place where we, we look for hope. Look at verse 5 and verse 6. But I have trusted in thy steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing to the Lord because, listen to this, listen to this last part. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He has dealt bountifully with me. Look, folks, even when we get the smallest amount of a blessing that we thought we should have, God sent it, it's bountiful. It's bountiful. Several, several years ago, my mother and daddy, from a, from a physical, earthly standpoint, <coughs> had nothing. You know, from, from being able to, to do whatever they wanted to do financially, it wasn't there. I never, I never missed a meal. I never slept outside. I never, whatever was going on, you know, and, 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 and I can remember... Of course, that, I, I think that's part of my reason. Now, I saw a thing in Facebook the other day that said, the reason I hate Facebook memories is because it shows this, I'm wearing the same thing that I was wearing six years ago. You know, I, I had literally school clothes, come home, play clothes. I had church clothes. And never the two or three should meet. And now the, the, the thing is they could all be mixed and matched so I had all kinds of, of things to wear. But, but I remember my dad one, one morning I, I, my bedroom was at, at the house was close to the kitchen. And I loved my mother. I loved her to death. Bless her heart. She and my dad both are with the Lord and I loved my mother. Goodness gracious. But there were two things about my mother in the kitchen. She could fry an egg, and the entire kitchen was messed up. And she could fry an egg and make enough. It sounded like Russia coming through Ukraine. So, and my bedroom was back there. So there was no, there was no way I was going to sleep that carefully. She wrote the checks and paid the bills. They were sitting at the kitchen table, she and my dad. And I heard her say, James... 
we, we pay all these bills. We got these bills. We're, we're not going to be able to write the tithe check this week. <clears throat> well, I do it too. Some of it is because I have to, but my dad did this too. He cleared his throat a lot. But, but when my dad was really serious about something, I never got a lot of whippings growing up, not because I probably didn't deserve them, but when my dad went... <coughs> I knew he didn't have a frog. That was my warning. Well, he did that to her. And I thought, oh my goodness. What's he going to do to my mother? And he said, Francis, write the tithe check first. Everything else will fall in place. Now, their tithe check wasn't that much, but she wrote it first put it in the envelope, set it aside, wrote all the rest of the checks, and there was still a little money left over. In the well, now why would I tell you that? I want to tell you something, folks. When you move into hope, my dad, one of the greatest examples in my life, he never had anything. He never asked for anything. There were times when I was growing up when I would say, I'd see where somebody had something new and there was a man in the little town that was a shyster. Everything he touched, though, turned to money for him and, and everything was better for him. And, and I said something to my daddy about that one time and my daddy said, son, I got more than that guy will ever have. He had hope in the Lord. He trusted him for his life when physically <clears throat> he wasn't even supposed to have been alive. And, and had tuberculosis and had heart issues and other things. But he had the hope of the Lord in his life. And when I read, but I've trusted in thy steadfast love. And when I, and I, when I say this to you deacons, my dad physically wasn't able to attend church a lot. But the deacons would come. There have been more deacons on the front porch of my mother and daddy's house drinking cold, sweet iced tea. For them to say, Mr. Murphy, we're about to do this at church. What do you think? <clears throat> I think about the hope in Jesus. And David came to a place where I have trusted in thy steadfast love, my heart rejoices in thy salvation. I will sing to the Lord because you have dealt bountifully with me. And though from a physical standpoint, my dad and my mother never had anything, God dealt bountifully with them. Folks, you're looking for hope. You think that nothing's there. I'm going to tell you, God is probably, even in the worst times of our life, He's doing better for us than we could ever imagine. John Maxwell tells the story in one of his books of a, of a lady, 92 years old, who is moving to an assisted living. She's legally blind. Her husband of 70 years of marriage had just passed away, and she's going to move into this assisted living place and she's waiting uh, out in the reception area she's gone uh, that day to look at a room that they are, are going to want her to move into and and lady comes out to take her to the room and as they're walking down the hall the lady's describing the room and the colors of the wall and there's some furniture there but you can bring your own and do this and do this and she's going on and on about the room and the the little lady says I love it and the lady said, well, wait, you haven't even seen it yet. The little lady said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Happiness is something you decide ahead of time. Whether I like the room or not does not depend on how the furniture is arranged. It is how I arrange my mind. And then she went on to say, God, I don't know what's going on here. I don't truly understand it, but I will put my trust in you, and I will praise you with all my heart. 
I will arrange my mind according to the promises of your word. He had hope. He had hope, folks. Two things real quickly. First of all, if we're going to have hope, we need to keep going forward. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. We need to keep moving forward. You know, the Ephesian tells us about the armor of God. I know you've heard this probably a thousand times from pastors, evangelists, or whatever, but you realize that none of that armor was protection from the rear. They were to keep moving forward. You're going to have hope. You can't just sit down. You can't just twiddle your thumbs. You can't sit around and sing victory in Jesus and then fret over everything. We've got to keep moving forward. Secondly, you've got to look up. You've got to keep looking up. Jehoshaphat said in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, We have no power against their great multitude coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are up on Keep looking up. Keep looking to the one who can take care of us. Psalms 46 tells us that God is a very present help in a very time of need and in our trouble. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 14, Paul says, But but whatever gain I had counted as loss for the sake of Christ, indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as refuse in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having righteousness of my own based on law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That passage, I have several fathers in the ministry, but that passage is special to two of those men, one my dad and one to a man by the name of Doug Brewer who went to be with the Lord several years ago. Doug was saved one night on a Navy ship during the war. A Gideon had given him a New Testament and he kept going to that Gideon and and asking questions and the Gideon finally said, Doug, stop asking questions and just say yes. Doug went back to his bunk and read the little plan of salvation in the front of that Gideon New Testament. And that night on that, sh- on that boat was saved. And, and I've heard him say it a thousand times, and I had him to write it in, in one of the front covers of one of my Bibles. Doug Brewer said that that night on a boat, reading the Word of God and reading this Scripture and, and other things, that God jerked him so hard toward heaven. He'd been out of joint with the world ever since. And he had hope. He didn't mope and grope and look at things. He, he had a great hope in the Lord Jesus and, and knew what it was about and understood that if we're going to make it in this world, Jesus is our hope. God is where we put our hope and our trust, folks. <clears throat> and we need to be excited about the fact that we can have hope and that we have someone to give us hope. And we need to stop looking for hope as the old country song in all the wrong places. You may be here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. 
I don't want to be crass or cruel, but I just want to be honest with you. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you have no hope. You have none. I don't want to be cruel, I don't want to be rude, I don't want to be disrespectful, but without Jesus, you have no hope. And for those of you who are here today as believers, you know without a shadow of a doubt that you know Jesus as your Savior. Is that where your hope is? In Christ alone? And are you allowing Him to lead and guide and direct your life and your decisions and everything that takes place and to realize that it's okay if he's in charge. I want us to pray. Brian's going to come lead us in our invitation. I want you to move today if there's a public decision you need to make. Allow Jesus to come into your heart and save you. Allow him to lead you. God, I pray that you would move in a mighty way. God, move in my heart. Remind me of the days and, and the times when I always don't remember the hope that I have. And my hope is in you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you, and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.